No school in Newton for the ninth day today. It is the longest teacher strike in decades. The teachers union has racked up fines of more than half a million dollars, but also a judge in the case has slowed down fines to ensure that the school committee is bargaining in good faith. So plenty of strong voices on both sides of the negotiating table today. We look at how nine days of missed school affects kids. But first, an update on where we are. Carrie Young, WBUR senior education reporter. Welcome back. Hey, Tiziana. So listen, nine days. Is there a precedent for a strike like this in Massachusetts? So yes and no. Not in recent years, I guess is the short answer. There was a strike in Quincy that went on for quite a while. Um, My recollection is almost a month, maybe over a month. But in recent years, no, they've been four or five days. This is definitely extending beyond what we've seen. So on the flip side, we have seen more strikes in the last, what, couple of years, yes? Yeah, I mean, I would say, you know, sort of anecdotally thinking back, I have been seeing more of these in the last couple of years than compared to when I first got here in 2018. So I would say, yeah, we are seeing a little bit more of these uh, sort of quicker, what ended up being quicker strikes uh, in the last few years. Okay. Any indication that we're getting closer to a deal in Newton? What's changed in the last day or two? So it's tough to say how close we are to a deal. You know, I've been taking these like internal guesses and been wrong every time (laughs) (laughs) uh, with myself. But uh, but I mean, I will say that there is being progress. There is progress being made, I should say. Um, The when you watch the uh, press conferences uh, with the union every night, the there is a change in tone. From last week, it was, you know, there were only a couple of hours that they had been negotiating um, or actively meeting with either um, a mediator or somebody from the school committee. Now, those negotiations go on pretty late into the night. And you also hear the word, we are making progress at at these press conferences. You also see that in Mayor Fuller's email updates, uh, Ruth Ann Fuller, the mayor in Newton. So both sides are saying there is progress. And so that, to me, feels like a big change compared to last week, because we're hearing that a little bit more regularly now. And so just a couple of other pieces of data for listeners. The teachers, as I understand it, have been operating without a contract since August. And in the Commonwealth of Massachusetts, it is illegal for public public unions to strike. That's why we were talking about fines and that kind of thing at the top because there you know there's there's a court dimension to this and fines from a judge, etc. Right. What are you hearing from parents at this point? It really is a range. There are some parents who are like, you know, I think that these teachers are wonderful. They deserve the things that they're asking for. So this is hard on us, but we support them. Other parents are like, man, my kids are suffering. You know, whether they are they have an IEP or like they're in special education, in other words, um, or even just like they're preparing for AP exams. That's something that's coming up that kids aren't getting that, you know. Uh, learning time in for. And so it's definitely, I've heard everything, even to the middle of the rotors, they still are like, guys, everyone needs to keep stop digging their heels in. So it's a range. So AP is advanced placement exams that high schoolers Correct. take for, that could give them college credit. Correct. Yeah. So let's stay with this IEP reference that you made, individualized education, uh, education program. program. So in Newton, uh, more than 2,000 students as of 2022 are about 18% of all who are enrolled, um, receive special education services. The Globe, uh, when their editorial board called for an end to the strike earlier this week, that was one of the things that they cited was the impact on kids who get special education services. Are their needs a part of the issues in the strike? 
Yeah, I would say it's definitely intertwined. And you do see parents on both sides of this issue, too, um, it, with kids who uh, have special needs and are in special education. It, the One of the big things that the union is pushing for is better, they're saying uh, what they're calling livable wages for their Unit C members, which is uh, also known as like a teacher's aide or a paraprofessional, different districts call them different things. But but those are, you know, a lot of times the professionals that are in the classroom a lot of times with students who are in special education to provide extra support and extra, you know, um, lessons and just whatever the the full time or like the, the licensed teacher might need. They provide really important services and there's a shortage of special education educators in general. So they say it's very important that we increase these wages. Um, and so I would say, yeah, it's it's definitely intertwined. And in a sentence, what are you going to watch for next? I would say just to see what makes progress next. I know that the they had gotten closer on an agreement about the cost of living adjustment last night. That seems to be close to being agreed upon. But what's going to be the next thing that gives, I think, is it will be interesting to me. All right, WBUR senior education reporter Carrie Young, thanks so much. You're welcome. So now, nine days out of school, as we said, the question is, is that a lot or is that not a lot for kids? And what does it mean when they get back to the classroom? For that, we turn to Mary Walsh, who senior fellow of the Mary E. Walsh Center for Thriving Children at Boston College. And yep, that center is named after her. Mary Walsh, welcome to Radio Boston. Thank you. Great to have you here. So um, how do school disruptions affect kids? Is uh, Let me just start super simple. Nine days out. Is that a lot? Is it a big deal, Mary Walsh, or not a big deal or somewhere in the middle? Well, it's a big deal in the sense that it's not the pandemic to be sure, but nine days out of school without knowing when you're going back with the uncertainty, the unexpectedness of this is a significant amount of time, both from the point of view of children managing emotionally and also children learning. So you said two things that I want to pull out there, Mary. One was it's not the pandemic, and the other is without knowing. Let's do the without knowing first. Why is that part so important? So I think what you're saying is if the kids knew at the beginning it's going to be nine days, that would be one thing. Day-to-day not knowing how long, it sounds like you're saying, is something else. I think that's true, and I think if children had anticipated You know, they're out of school for far longer than nine days over the summer, but they know that's coming. Uh, Parents have time to make plans. Uh, Children can anticipate what's going to be happening then. Right now, they can't do that anticipating, and they're going from day to day. So that does create a lot of anxiety, particularly for children who have special needs. Um, and the other thing you said is this is not the pandemic. Um, I do find myself wondering, does it change things that this is something that's happening after the pandemic? Would this have somehow landed differently for kids in a 2017 or a 2019 than in a 2024? It's a little hard to say that, but it may well. Um, children were you got used to being out of school, didn't love it in most cases, and suffered as a result. Um, but it's a little hard to say if it's better or worse. Being out of school for nine unexpected days and learning a day at a time is what's so difficult for children. 
So listen, you know, in having this conversation with you, Mary Walsh, and we're speaking with Mary Walsh, who's a senior fellow um, for the at the Center for Thriving Children at Boston College. You know, I recognize listeners might think that there's a point of view we're taking here, right? Because, uh, you know, we're counting nine days. There's a strike. It's keeping kids out of school. Really, what we just want to understand is, are there impacts? What are they? And, and what does it mean when kids go back to school? So what kinds of impacts will families and teachers be looking for? Signs in their kids that this is an impact for them to be out. Well, I think when they're out like this, we know kids in any situation that's not anticipated or expected, particularly for younger children or children with special needs, they become anxious, they lack direction, they can get not focused, I'm bored, I don't know what to do. Um, They can easily get involved in tussles with their siblings or their friends at that point. They can get easily upset. They lose their self-management skills to some extent. It it creates tension all around. And I think both sides in this negotiation, from what I've observed in in the public domain, both sides are acutely aware of the impact on children. And both sides really regret this. So this is not something that nobody knows about. People do. And um, when children go back to school, I think they're going to want to say things. Um, Some may feel good to teachers. You know, I'm glad you held out so long. Some may feel hard on teachers. Like, why did you stay out so long? So it's difficult to know where I think each child is going to perceive it a little bit their own way and probably the way their parents are perceiving it to a large extent, especially the younger children. Um, I think teachers are going to have to give children space to talk about it. Not all day. The sooner children get back into the routine of school, the better for the child um, and the better for the teacher. Children need some space to talk about it. And actually, teachers need to think about how they're going to frame it as children go back. How are the children going to, how are the teachers rather, going to talk to the children about it? What was the reason? Why did they do this? Kids are going to have questions. So I think teachers can be prepared as much as they can for that and know that it's gonna, it's gonna be important to let everybody speak their voice. Is there a short tail on this, Mary Walsh, if all of that goes well, meaning fairly quickly things resume back to normal, there's not particular learning loss, the kids are going to be fine, and I recognize that the answer might be the same or might be different, um, depending on whether the kid is receiving extra therapeutic support or services in the school. Absolutely. You know, most kids are resilient. And they'll recover eventually. It may take them a little time, but they'll recover both emotionally and I'm guessing academically, they'll catch up quite quickly. But for the children who have the more intensive needs, that's going to be more of a challenge. And so those teachers are going to need to really um, expect to work very hard. The sooner they can get routines, the better. It's the lack of routine that's the real challenge here, because that's that's what supports these children in many ca- in all the cases. It supports us as adults having routines, and to have them all fall away as quickly as they did, 
challenges us. Any last thoughts from you, Mary Walsh? I hope and I know that both sides are trying desperately to settle this as quickly as possible. And for the sake of the children, this would be a gift. Mary Walsh uh, has been executive director of the program City Connects and a senior fellow of the Mary E. Walsh Center for Thriving Children at Boston College. Mary, thanks so much for joining us. Happy to be here.